Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. Fantastic. Good morning. Um, we're carrying on our, uh, this morning in our, our series on spiritual gifts. We've got two weeks um, left. Um, so this is the last one on my list of spiritual gifts uh, to look at. And then uh, Jack's got a couple more next week. And we're doing something else as well next week as I kind of finishing off um, the series. We've had a break for a few weeks um, of spiritual gifts. Let me just encourage you, um, if you didn't get a chance to kind of listen to the last two weeks, if you weren't here, um, have a listen on the podcast. The last two Sundays, I think really significant uh, preaches. What Jack brought was was fantastic. And it was just really, I think, pivotal to where we are now as a church. Two weeks ago, Jack mentioned about it earlier, he talked about doing something different, getting out of that rut um, that we often find ourselves in. And last week, we looked at success. How do we define success for us uh, personally, in our work, in our families, and here in this church? So yeah, let me encourage you. If you weren't here, you missed one of those preachers, maybe you missed both those preachers, have a listen back because they really bless you and I think they're really significant uh, for where we are. But as I said, today we're looking uh, and continuing our series on spiritual gifts. Uh, and this morning, um, I'm looking at the spiritual gift of faith and um, the spiritual gift of faith. And, and the passage um, that we're going to look at for this is one that we've, we've been at quite a few times with spiritual gifts. It's one of the main lists of spiritual gifts, and it's in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. And it should come up on the screen. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To the one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. Okay, so the gift of faith is there mentioned in that list. I'm not going to focus too much on that verse this morning, but other than just to point out that that's where its references as a spiritual gift. And the gift of faith at first glance is something of a confusing gift, I think, because for many of us, we think, well, I've already got faith. That's why I'm here. That's why I got out of bed. That's why I came to church this morning. I already have faith. I have a faith in Jesus. I have a faith that has saved me. I have a through faith. I am forgiven. For many of us, we live each day through faith or by faith one way or the other. We have faith in the promises of God. We have faith in the promises of Scripture that God loves us, that he's for us, that he's with us, that he has a plan for us, that he's changing us, that he's leading us, that he's blessing us, that we have a hope and a future and loads of other stuff that we put our faith in. And that's our faith. That's what we talk about. We talk about it lots on a Sunday morning. It's good. It's our faith. So what is the gift of faith? How is that? different from the saving faith that we received, from the faith that we live in every day. And it is different. Uh, And I'm going to try and explain how it's different um, briefly this morning. Um, The best way to kind of give you, instead of giving you a definition, or before I give you a definition, um, I want to share a little bit of a a story um, um, I I think illustrates quite well the gift of faith in action. I think that will paint a better picture uh, than a definition. I wonder if you know who this guy is. Anyone? Any takers? Sophie, straight up there. It is Smith Wigglesworth. Uh, who's heard of Smith Wigglesworth other than Sophie? Yeah, okay, fantastic. Smith Wigglesworth um, lived um, between 1859 and 1947, and he was an evangelist in the northeast of England uh, and uh, kind of a fiery evangelist, saw lots of people healed. And there's a story. Oh, and he also undoubtedly had the gift of faith, which is um, why I'm going to tell you this story, because there's this account of how one day he got home from work. He worked as a plumber. Uh, in the northeast of England, he came home from work to find out that the lady who lived next door, who'd been ill for a while, had died during the day. And so he went into the house where she was, went up to the room, and her body was laid out in the bed, and he started to pray. 
He started to pray that God would bring her back to life, bring her back um, from the dead. And I don't know how long he prayed for, but I think it was for a while because his wife came in and said, you know, you need to stop. You need to let this go. She's died. Um, But he ignored his wife, which isn't a good thing to do. But on this occasion, was okay, and he carried on praying, and he carried on praying. And, and describing the situation later, uh, he describes a time where he says that he came to the end of his faith. He came to the end of his faith. I wonder if you've ever been at that place where you feel like you've come to the end of your faith, not necessarily in God, but your faith for something. You've been praying for something. You've been believing for something. You've been standing for something. You've been wrestling in prayer and seeking God for something for quite a while. And you come to a point where you feel like, I'm not sure God's going to answer this, certainly not in the way I want him to or the way I expect him to. You come to the end of your faith and God doesn't seem to be coming through. And that's where Smith Bugglesworth got to. He'd been praying and he'd been praying and he'd praying and nothing seemed to be happening. It was like a no. And he says, when he's kind of recounting his story, he says, at that point, um, when my faith, kind of natural faith, had run dry, I suddenly became aware of a supernatural faith that took hold of me. And while he'd been praying in his own faith, he was saying it felt like a no. You know, he's praying, he's praying, it just felt like a no. Nothing was happening, nothing was happening. And then suddenly this supernatural faith came on him, and it suddenly felt like a yes, yes. There's a freedom here. Yes, God's going to do it. And without even realizing what he was doing, he grabbed this dead woman's body and held it up against this wall. I mean, can you imagine? And said, walk and breathe. And he commanded her to walk and breathe. And she walked and she breathed. The supernatural faith that kind of was deposited him at that moment um, was that foundation for that miracle. And this, I think, is an example of the gift of faith in action. It's a supernatural, maybe even irrational sometimes, extraordinary faith that takes us beyond our maybe natural faith or normal faith. I've come up with this definition kind of off the basis of what I said and some of the other kind of definitions I read kind of cobble this one together. Uh, The gift of faith is where the Holy Spirit provides a Christian with an extraordinary confidence in God's promises, power and presence above and beyond what they would naturally find. This will often lead to supernatural and miraculous outcomes. And the Bible is full of examples of people um, moving in the gift of faith. If you look, uh, for example, at Hebrews um, 11, uh, and there's a hall of fame, the great hall of fame of faith. Lots of accounts of people who, uh, by supernatural faith, saw incredible things. This gift is also often linked, um, oh, not quite yet, thank you. Um, this gift is uh, often linked as well into the healing uh, and into miraculous um, as well. And uh, it's often a foundation for those giftings. Now, I wonder if you recognize yourself in that definition um, of of faith, of the gift of faith. You maybe haven't seen anyone raised from the dead. You may not have even seen anyone healed. You may not have even seen that much kind of supernatural. But you think maybe that is gift of faith is your, a gift that you have. We've talked a lot about spiritual gifts, how we all have at least one couple of spiritual gifts. Maybe the gift of faith is your gift. And often um, with these gifts, we have them, but they're in seed form. We've talked about this a bit, haven't we? That actually with some of the spiritual gifts, um, there's that kind of the gift is there in our life, but it's in seed form. It's not fully um, developed yet. But what are some indicators that maybe you have the gift of faith? Let me give you um, some examples. Uh, maybe there's times when you, you're praying and you just feel like an unexplained certainty when you pray. Uh, kind of a supernatural certainty that God is definitely going to do this. this. You're praying for something and then suddenly you just feel like, yeah, this is, God's in this. This is definitely going to happen. That could be a sign of the spiritual gift of faith in you. 
There might be times when you pray and you find that you just have a supernatural determination and perseverance where other people have maybe given up praying for something a long time ago. You just feel like, I'm going to keep praying for this. I feel a, a perseverance and a determination that God is going to come through on this. Or maybe like Smith Wigglesworth in that story, you're praying sometimes and, and you feel like you've come to the end of your natural faith and suddenly you just get this sudden burst of faith that comes on you. That is the gift of faith in action. Interestingly, Smith Wigglesworth says that um, one of the problems, one of the things he said was he felt that one of the problems for many Christians is that we never get to the end of our natural faith to allow the supernatural faith of God to come through. We give up way before we get to that point. Maybe you exhibit an unusual confidence in the power and presence of God that people kind of look to you and say, oh, wow, I wish I had your faith. I wish I had your confidence. I wish I was able to endure in faith in the way that you do. All these things could be indicators of that kind of seed of the gift of faith um, in your life. Let me encourage those of you who feel like this maybe is your gifting or maybe some of you know that this is your spiritual gift uh, to develop it, to grow it, to exercise it. Like with all the spiritual gifts, yeah, it's a gift, but we have to practice it, don't we? We have to grow and develop it. So step out in faith. Start praying. Be persevering for stuff. Be seeking those opportunities to use that gift of faith. Because as a church, as the body of Christ, we need people with the gift of faith. Because the gift of faith builds up the body. It encourages. It's often the platform, as we've really looked at, for the miraculous and for the supernatural to break through. To actually have people who have that gift of faith can be a huge encouragement in a church family, in a church body like this. People who stand and say, you know what? I'm believing on the promises of God at this moment. I'm going to stand and trust in God. And actually that can inspire and that can um, encourage faith uh, in others. I want to kind of stop talking specifically now about the gift of faith because I'm aware it's not something we all have, but I want to look at faith in a more general way, uh, in a way that will hopefully encourage you and speak to you if if it's your gift, if you have the gift of faith, or for the rest of us who don't feel this is our gifting, but we all need faith. We all walk in faith. The Christian walk is a walk of faith, isn't it? And one of the words that kind of has been in my spirit for one hour is adventure. And I really feel that, that God, our Father God, calls each of us on an adventure. And for some of us, for many of us, one of the biggest problems in our Christian walk is it's a bit boring. <laughs> it's a bit dull. It's a bit dry. We've maybe got into a bit of a rut. But the heart of our Father God is for an adventure. It's an exciting and a supernatural adventure in him. Whether you've got the gift of faith or not, for all of us there's that invitation from the Father. Come on an adventure with me. And that adventure is so often an adventure of faith, of being willing to step out, to speak out, to do things, to go places as God leads us. And that, as we are kind of are obedient and obedient in faith, that can lead to such adventures in God. And faith is, is the kind of, is a catalyst for that. Through faith, we can see incredible kind of works of God through us, in us, and around us. And there's loads and loads in the Bible about faith. But what I wanted to do this morning is just pick out three um, short passages about faith that we're going to look at. I'm just going to unpack uh, a little bit this morning. So three passages. I'm going to spend about five minutes on each, uh, and then I'm done. All right. So the first one we're going to look at, and I'm just going to get some water, is Hebrews 11 verse 1. Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11 verse 1. 
And it says, now faith is the substance, substance even of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now this is at the beginning of that kind of hall of fame of faith that I mentioned earlier. And I really love this verse uh, because it's very short and it's very to the point. But actually there's a lot in this verse. And I'm going to try and unpack it uh, briefly um, for the next five minutes or so. But it's kind of almost a bit of a definition of faith. At this beginning of this Hall of Fame of Faith, um, the writer of Hebrews gives us this kind of definition. Because the thing about faith is, is it's not a certainty. That's why it's called faith. We can't prove in a certain way um, these things. And that's why it says um, it's the evidence of things not seen. And sometimes the thing that we're standing in faith for, the thing that we're believing for, the answer, the outcome, the thing that we're chasing after, we often can't see it. We can't see how God's going to do it. We can't see God doing it. So it's the kind of evidence of things not seen and then the substance of things hoped for. Our faith is rooted in hope, isn't it? And hope kind of, it doesn't translate very well from the, um, from the, uh, kind of the Greek word in the New Testament for hope. It doesn't translate particularly well uh, in that when we think of hope, we kind of have this kind of, kind of vague, whimsical kind of association with the word hope. You know, I hope that I win the lottery. I hope that my team win the premiership this year. Or, or you know, it's kind of often quite vague, uh, quite whimsical, not very uh, definite. But actually, um, the word in the Greek is a more definite word than our kind of version of hope, if you like. Uh, it's a more confident word, but it's still a hope. It's still an unseen belief. But it's rooted in substance, as it says in the verse, and evidence. It's rooted in substance and evidence. So what is this substance and evidence? And a way I kind of understand this verse, or I think about this verse, is online shopping. All right, so bear with me on this, online shopping. Um, I did some online shopping this week. Um, if we have the next slide, um, I bought um, for my wife. Um, oh, no, it's not on there. Okay, back up. It's all right. I haven't put it on. But I bought for my wife this week a, um, a radio transmitter uh, for her phone. Uh, seven months in, romance isn't dead. And... Um, and uh, it's kind of, she doesn't have an auxiliary for a car, so, you know, you plug it. It's very clever, actually. You kind of plug it in and you tune your radio into it and, uh, and you can listen to what's on your phone. And they work great. I'm, I had one a while ago and I was driving through uh, Birmingham listening to some really like, like nice acoustic folk music. And I went past a pirate radio station that was obviously operating on the same frequency and suddenly uh, made me jump because then this loud kind of gangster rap music came going through. So they're not always uh, brilliant. But, but anyway, I, di- I digress. <laughs> um, I bought this... Uh, this radio transmitter. Uh, and the thing with online shopping is it's a bit of a step of faith. We don't think about it like that, uh, but it is. Because what happened was I went on to kind of online shopping thing. I saw the item. I thought, right, that's what I need to get. I selected it. I paid for it. And then I had to wait. I had to wait for it to show up. Trust that it would come in the post. It wasn't in my hand. I'd already paid for it. I had to wait a number of days for it to arrive. It did arrive, but I had to wait a number of days. And there was lots of things that could have gone wrong. For example, the thing that I saw online, how did I even know that that existed? It might just be a picture somebody put up. There might not be an actual item there for me to purchase. That was a bit of a faith step. The person selling it, are they able to send it me? Do they live near enough a post office to be able to send it? Do they have the money to pay for the postage to send it to me? Are they a good person? Are they going to send it me? They've got my money. Maybe they'll just hold on to the money and not send me the item. 
can you see that there were kind of little steps of faith, actually, with this online shopping um, process? And it's the same for us. When we pray, when we live, when we act in faith, we're trusting. We're saying, does the answer exist? Maybe even does God exist? Is he able to send the answer? Is he able to answer my prayer? Is he able to come through for me? Is he good enough to answer my prayer? Is he good enough to come through for me in this thing that I'm standing in faith for? And going back to the online shopping, for many of us, we online shop with confidence, don't we? We don't, I'm sure not many of us, when we buy something online, spend the next two or three days like stressing and going, oh, will it turn up? What if it doesn't show up? What happens? What do we do? We just, we, we know that it works. We, we trust it. Why? Why do we trust it? We trust it because there's evidence. Evidence of things not seen. There's evidence. We can look around our house. I can look around my office at home and I can see all the different items that I have bought in the past through online shopping. And that tells me that online shopping works. I've done it before. It's worked before. So when I bought this radio transmitter this week, I had confidence that it would show up because I have the evidence of successful purchases from the past. And in our faith walk... When we're praying for things, that evidence of things not seen, that evidence can be the ways that God has come through for us before. The ways God has provided for us before. In the Old Testament, particularly through Psalms, God was always, and in the kind of Psalms of praise, they were always looking back and remembering. Look how God came through for us before. Look at the way he provided. Look at the way he's answered our prayers in the past. And that built faith. It built confidence. So when we're standing in faith for something, when we're seeking God for something, that can really build our faith, that evidence of things that God has done for us in the past, that he has provided, that we can look around and see the blessings in our life. We can talk to other people and hear about the ways that God has come through for them, the ways that he has answered prayers, the evidence of things not seen. And also when you online shop, you get something of substance. You might not get the items straight away, but you get something of substance. When I bought my, the radio transmitter for my wife, um, I could, at the end of it, hit print, and I could get in my hand a receipt. And on that receipt were terms and conditions of the purchase. It was a promise that I'd paid for this item and that this item was going to come along. And we have not quite a receipt, but we have something of substance that we can stand on, and that is the Bible. It's God's word. God promises that he will provide, that he will make a way. That is the substance of our faith. And as we read the Bible, as we look at the promises of God, and we're standing in faith for stuff, and we're seeking God for stuff, we can look at what God says in his word, and we can stand on that substance. What are you standing in faith for at the moment, I wonder? What are you believing for? Or maybe a better question is, what are you trying to stand on faith for? in faith for? What are you trying to to believe for at the moment, but maybe struggling. Just bring that thing into your mind for a second. Let's apply it to our lives. What is that thing? Maybe it's to do with money. Maybe it's to do with relationships. Maybe um, it's to do with our ministry, to do with our job. What is it that we're saying, God, I really need you to come through for me on this? When we have that thing in our mind, we can then look at the substance of God's word. What does God say about that? What does God say about that situation? What substance is there that can build our faith as we pray and we believe for God to come through for this? What evidence have we got of the ways that God has come through for us in the past? And as we do that, our faith levels can rise. As we celebrate what God has done in the past, as we read his word and meditate and reflect on that substance, it can build our faith levels. Because there's something 
about faith that unlocks the promises of God. There's something about faith that attracts the provision and the attention of God. There's something about faith that brings breakthrough. Faith is almost like a currency when it comes to our prayer life. That actually, as we pray in faith, as we believe in faith, something about it just unlocks the purposes and the promises of God for us. Um, one of the first kind of, when I was quite a new Christian, Christian one of the um, kind of first times I remember, I remember God kind of showing me this or, or, or teaching me this lesson. And um, I was due to lead a team in the Midlands, um, kind of doing youth and schools work. And, um, and I had four churches set up for four workers. I was leading the team. And with a week to go before we started, there were only two of us on the team. And I was really gutted about it. Um, I really felt like there were going to be four people in this team. I felt that's what God had promised. I'd got four churches on board. I didn't understand how is a team of two going to work. Um, like, it's not going to work. And I was really frustrated. I remember going on a holiday with my family and sitting on a beach and just being really upset and angry and like, God, what are you doing? And I felt God say to me really clearly, like, do you believe that I've provided? I say, well, yeah, if you, if you say so, God, I believe you've provided. And I felt God say, start to praise me. Start to thank me for what I've already done. That's okay. So I did. I started to just praise and to thank God for the two kind of team members he was miraculously going to bring in. Because it had to be fairly miraculous with a week to go to sign up two people for a full year internship. But okay, God, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to thank you. And as I started to praise and as I started to thank him for the way that he'd already provided, I just felt such a peace come on me about that situation. And sure enough, over the next couple of days, I had a couple of phone calls and those team members came into place. And that was such a lesson to me. One I've never forgotten, that so often faith unlocks something. And maybe for some of us, that's what we need to do with that situation we're standing in faith for. We need to start thanking God in advance, saying, thank you, God, for the way you've already provided. Thank you, God, for the way you've already made a way in this. I'm believing that you have, and I'm going to thank you, and I'm going to praise you in advance that you have answered my prayer. What are you seeking God for? What are you believing for? Reflect and meditate on the substance of his word. And look back and remember the evidence of what he's done before. So that's Hebrews 11 verse 1. The next verse I want to look at is Romans 5 um, verse 1 to 3. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. Through him we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our suffering. Because we know that the suffering produces perseverance. Now, we've looked at faith that unlocks. We've looked at how faith can bring incredible breakthrough. But at times, we also need faith to endure. A faith that gives us peace through the trial and through the suffering. And it's not as nice to talk about this, is it, as it is to talk about the breakthroughs. It's great to talk about the breakthroughs. It's great to talk about the times that we feel God answers our prayers in the way that we want or the way we expect. And we see these miraculous breakthroughs and these incredible things happen like the story that I just shared a minute ago. But it doesn't always happen like that, does it? Because the Bible talks a lot about suffering. Just as much as it talks about breakthrough, the Bible talks a lot about suffering, about going through trials of many kinds, about temptation, And whilst it's easy to glory in the breakthroughs and in the wins, if you like, this passage, Paul says in verse 3, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Why? Because it produces perseverance. And we all experience difficult times, don't we? 
If you haven't done yet, you will. <laughs> we all go through difficult times, hard times in our lives. Some of us, really difficult times. Some of you are going through a real difficult time right now, a time of suffering, a time of trial right now. And the Bible's clear on that. Times when God feels far away, times when we're praying and we're resting with God and heaven seems to be saying no. We don't seem to be getting the breakthrough and the answer that we're standing in faith for. And this can be a really hard thing to face as Christians. I think this is one of the hardest challenges as Christians is when God doesn't seem to be answering our prayers in the way maybe that we expect or in the timing that we want. But it's at that point we need faith. Faith to endure. Faith to glory in our sufferings. What does that mean to glory in our sufferings? I I think it means to say, God, even though this hurts, Even though this situation I'm going through right now is really difficult, even though I don't understand what's going on, I don't understand what you're doing, I believe you are good. And I believe that you are God. And I trust that you are with me in this. And I believe that you're bringing and you're building and you're working purpose out of this. And I trust you. That's glorying in our sufferings. That kind of faith, I think, is an incredible faith kind of as as important a faith as the faith that stands for that breakthrough when we see that breakthrough and, and the miraculous kind of faith that faith that endures is just as important in our christian life a faith that just keeps going through life because sometimes it's not even like really hard stuff sometimes it's just life isn't it life is just difficult life can just be a bit draining you just feel like we're pushing against things um Esther and I went for a cycle ride yesterday. We hired bikes, not something we've really done before. (laughs) Neither of us are cyclists, but we hired bikes from Southport. And so we're going to cycle down to Formby uh, and back. And we're cycling along. And there was a really strong wind yesterday, um, particularly on the coast where we were. And we were cycling along. And this wind was blowing against us. And we were having to stop like every 10 minutes or so. And we're thinking, oh, is this unfit? You know, like we can't even cycle 10 minutes um, without stopping. Um, But it's because we were cycling against the wind. We were pushing against the wind. And it was hard work feeling it today <laughs> and it's a good job I'm standing up because um, I couldn't sit down for very long but um, but um, we're pushing against this wind and, and often life is like that we feel like we're just pushing against the wind all the time we may not be cr- it might not be crisis it might not be a really specific obvious difficulty we're going through but it's just tough it's getting out of bed in the morning it's just tough sometimes isn't it just getting through our day at work is difficult it's hard sometimes we just go through seasons for no particular reason maybe this is just me where things are just difficult like you're just not you feel like you're cycling against the wind but that's when we need that same faith that faith that endures that faith that pushes through that faith that perseveres that keeps going A faith that sees the bigger picture, even in crisis, that trusts that God is doing something. That maybe his definition of good good in this situation is much bigger than our definition of what is good. That his answer and his timing may not make sense to us, but that's when we trust. And I'm aware a lot of this stuff sometimes leaves a big question mark in our lives. What is God doing? Why has he not answered this? What is he up to? But the truth is we are just human. We don't get to know all the answers to the big questions. As I heard one preacher say, most of us don't even know how our toaster at work, at home works, yet we expect to know how God of the universe works. And that's where faith is so key, to trust God, even though when we don't know what's going on. Faith that trusts in the crisis. Faith that looks to heaven when all hell is breaking loose. Faith that produces peace in the storm. And we looked at that the other week. Jesus on that boat, you remember the story, in the storm, 
and the disciples, these experienced fishermen, they're panicking. They're terrified because of this storm. And where's Jesus? He's asleep in the boat. He's at peace. And by faith, we can have that kind of peace in a storm. An irrational, ridiculous peace that passes all understanding and all rationality. When things are kicking off around us, when the storms are blowing really strong, we are just at peace because we trust. We trust that God is in control. We trust that God is God and he is good. The final one I want to look at is in James chapter 2. Verse 14 to 19. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about the physical need, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. I want to finish by looking at the relationship between faith and action, faith and works. Now, I feel this is, if you kind of have nodded off at this point or you've kind of, your mind's on Sunday lunch already, just come back for this last five minutes because I really feel like this is significant for some of us. As I was preparing this, I really feel that this um, is a kind of a key for many of us as to where we've got into that rut that we've been talking about, where things have slowed down or we've lost our way in our Christian walk. Faith and action, because James says, faith without works is dead. And at first that seems quite kind of contradictory to other things that the Bible says, like in Ephesians where it says that we're saved by faith alone. But actually, faith, yes, we are saved through faith in Jesus. It's what Jesus has done for us. But actually, it requires action on our part. Even when we became a Christian, it required us to maybe respond in a meeting or to pray that prayer or to make that choice to change. Faith and action always come together or should always come together. And we might say, well, I believe, yeah, God can heal. I believe um, God can save. I believe he can change my life, change others' lives. I believe God can use me. He can help me endure. He can bless me. And it's great to believe those things. But the truth is, as James said, even the demons believe that kind of stuff. Even they believe that that's true. But actually, genuine faith always produces action. Just as an alive tree always produces fruit. And for many of us, we look at our lives and we feel like, I don't feel like I'm producing much fruit. In my work, in my relationships, in my Christian walk as a whole, I don't feel that there's a lot of fruit. I feel quite dry. I feel quite dead. I feel like that dead tree. Not much is it changing. Maybe you believe all these things that we said about God, about who he is, about what he can do. You believe the promises of God, but what are you doing about them? What action is coming out of that? Because faith and action always works together. We looked at um, before at Hebrews 11, and it's this list of, of heroes of faith. We've not got time to read it now, but heroes of faith, people who by faith saw incredible things. But it, it was by faith, but it was also by action. And um, if you go through that list and, and you take out the action on their part, then kind of it changes the outcome. To give you a few examples, um, Noah's mentioned. Imagine Noah, he got this word from God that he was, God was going to flood the world and that he was going to rescue him and his family. What if Noah just said, yep, yeah, I believe that. I believe that. I have faith for that. But I've done nothing about it. 
had never built the ark, had never built the boat, had never gone through that whole action stage, he'd have drowned with the rest of them. What if Moses, when he was taking the Israelites out of Egypt and the Egyptians were in in hot pursuit across the desert and they got to the Dead Sea and everyone's panicking saying what's going to happen and Moses said, it's okay, I've heard from God. God can rescue us. I believe that he's going to rescue us. But hadn't put his staff in the water, hadn't split the seas so that they could get across to safety. They'd have been killed, butchered by the, by the Egyptians. What if later on in that story, the Israelites, um, they'd, they'd got to the promised land. They'd got to, um, to that city, which names escape me, Jericho. There you go. They got to Jericho. And, and they'd said, right, yeah, we believe, God, you're going to give us this city. We're trusting you. And they just sat outside the city waiting for God to give it to them. City's there. It's ours. God said it's ours. We're just going to wait. No, no, no. Action. They walked around. In obedience to God, they walked around the city, marched around the city uh, until God supernaturally brought it down. Can you see faith and action? Faith and action. And all that sounds ridiculous. You think, well, of course they didn't do that. But that's what we do. So often that's what we do in our lives. I have faith and believe that God wants to use me to see people healed. I've read the Bible. I've read God's word. And I see that. I see that he wants to use me in that way. I have faith for it. I believe it. Okay, what are we doing about it? What actions are there? Are we looking for opportunities to lay hands and pray for people? Maybe it's around your gifting. I really have faith and believe that God has given me this gifting in in music or in drama. Or maybe it's one of the spiritual gifts that we've looked at. I know that this is a gifting God has given me. Okay, what are we doing about it? How is action coming out of our faith and our belief? Are we practicing that gifting? Are we using that gifting? Are we looking for opportunities to do that? Maybe it's relationships. I have faith that God wants to give me a fantastic marriage. Okay, well, what are we doing about that? Are we investing in our marriages? Are we investing in our relationships? I really believe that God wants to see the people I work with and the family members who don't know him yet to be saved. I'm, I'm standing in faith. I'm believing God wants to see them saved. Fantastic. What are we doing about it? What action is coming out of that faith? Are we praying for them? Are we looking for opportunities to invite them to events to share our faith? I believe, final one, I believe that that God wants to bless this church. I believe this church God wants to use in significant and incredible ways in this city as he builds his kingdom in Preston. We believe that. Fantastic. What do we do about it? Are we investing? Are we serving? Are we getting stuck in to what God is already doing? Where is the action in our faith? In your mind, take that thing. I asked you to come up with something in your mind earlier. Take that thing that you're standing in faith for, that you're believing in faith for. It might be a healing. It might be a financial breakthrough. It might be to seeing friends or family saved. It might be to do with your ministry. It might be to do with your work. Take that thing in your mind right now. It might be a few things. And ask yourself that question. Where's the action in that? I'm believing in God for this thing, but what am I doing out of that? I'm believing God is the answer. But in what ways am I partnering with God to see that supernatural answer, that supernatural solution, that breakthrough? I'm almost done. Let me finish with an illustration. Faith and action. Um, We talk about our Christian walk. And I want you to imagine for a minute that faith and action are our two legs, all right, in our walk. So this is faith and this is action. And so often what happens is we have the faith for something and we believe for something. But because we're not following up with action, we're only using our faith leg. And what happens is we're going around in circles. We're not going anywhere because we have the faith, we have the belief, but we're not acting upon it. So we go around and around in circles. Some of us are the other way around. I do this. It's all about action. 
It's all about action. It's all about what I can achieve for God. I see an issue. I see a problem. I'm going to go and I'm going to solve that problem. I'm going to do it by myself. There's this financial issue. I can solve that. There's this issue in this, you know, poverty and struggles and issues in the city. I can solve that. I can make that happen. And it's all about action. But of course, what happens? I'm using the action leg, but I'm just I'm going around in circles. I'm burning a lot of energy, but not achieving a huge amount, not going anywhere in God. But what happens when we use faith and action together? You ready for this? <laughs> faith and action, and we actually go somewhere. We, we get somewhere. We're on that adventure with God. We're achieving something. We're going on that journey of what God has for us. Let me just apply this on a couple of examples I gave you, okay? So I'm believing uh, that God wants to use me to see people healed. That's my faith, Okay. My action is I'm going to start reading books and finding out more what it means to, to see people healed. That's my action. Right. I believe God actually wants to use me to see people healed. That actually if I pray for people, they'll, they'll get healed. That's my faith. Action. I'm going to start praying for people. I'm going to look for opportunities at work and friends to say, you're not, you're not very well. Can I pray for you? That's action. I haven't seen anything happen yet, but I'm standing in faith that maybe God's growing me and teaching me through this process. That's my faith. Action. I'm going to keep praying. Do you get the idea? Let me do one more, okay? Money, finances, all right? I believe um, that God is a good God and he's going to provide for me financially, faith. Action, what, what am I going to do about it? Well, um, I'm, I'm going to consider and have a look at my finances and, and, and I'm actually going to review how I use my finances, action. Oh, I, I'm believing actually that God wants me to, to honor him with my finances by giving, maybe tithing or whatever. That's my faith. Action, well, I'm going to fill out that standing order form. I'm going to start giving regularly or committing to give or review how I give. That's my action. Wow, I'm seeing the blessing of God. I'm going to give more. That's my faith. Do you see what I mean? Faith, action. And they actually kind of, I think they kind of almost stimulate each other that when we have faith for something and then we follow through on action, that action and that breakthrough brings more faith because we say, oh, God's come through on that. So I've got faith for the next step. And then we follow through on that, and then we have faith for the next step. And for some of us, our rut is that we've got caught. In f- we've maybe got the faith for something, but we've never acted upon it. We've never had the faith, if you like, to step out in action. We say, I believe it, but I maybe don't believe it enough to actually act on it. And that's where it gets tough, isn't it? But the Christian adventure, the Christian adventure, the adventure that our Father God has called us on, is one of faith and one of action. Otherwise, we're just walking around in circles. Fia, I wonder if you'd jump back up for me and Sam. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you feel like I'm going around a little bit in circles in my Christian walk, in my relationship with God, in the things that I'm seeking for. Maybe there's a lack of action in your faith. You say, I believe the Bible. I believe all the stuff that they talk about at church on Sunday morning. But actually, when I examine my life, it doesn't really translate into what I do during the week. It doesn't really translate into the decisions that I make. I have this belief, but it hasn't become action. Essentially, my faith has become dead. For others of us, maybe it's the action. We're, we're running around and we're doing stuff for God and we're doing all the things and we're trying to solve all these problems in our lives. Action, action, action. I can sort this out. I can make this happen. But actually, our faith is more in ourselves than it is in our God. It's more in ourselves to solve this situation. And actually, we need to grow our faith. We need to stimulate that faith again. We need to read the promises of God, the evidence of what he's done for us before, the substance of his word, and say, you know what? 
God, I'm giving this to you. I'm trusting you with this. I'm still going to act out of that faith, but, but I'm trusting in you. What is it that you are standing in faith for? What is it that you are believing God for? Do you need more faith or do you need more action? We're going to sing um, a song in a minute, but just for a couple of minutes while the music's playing, I just want you to reflect on that before God. I'm not going to do any kind of come up or put your hand in the air or come forward for a response on this one because this is just business, I think, between us and God. Just looking at our lives in a really honest way, maybe in a more honest way than we have done for a while, and saying, what is that I'm believing God for? What needs to change? What areas do I need to start stepping out from that faith and into action? I'll just give you a few minutes just to kind of reflect on that. For more information about our church or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcenter.com.